Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm Chris, your host, Sherm. Today is Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. This is episode 08484 of Sherm in the Booth, and I got a very, very special episode here for you guys. This one is centered around entrepreneurship, starring Chris Nardi and Evan Miller, the brains behind a brand called Boosted Stripes. Boosted Stripes is a shoe accessory brand for the Addy Boost line by Adidas. These guys have done so much good work in the past two years or so. I have a lot of respect for all the hours and the grind that they put into this. I don't want to explain their brand. I will let them do that correctly, but this interview had so many different pieces of great information. We talked about how to market to different types of people including male and female international markets how to correctly scale and how to target people on different forms of social media whether it be Instagram Facebook snapchat YouTube they have done it all and they've made their mistakes and they're sharing some of their secrets if you guys are trying to grow your brand in anything involved with social media which is literally any brand these days take out a pen and paper and turn it up a little bit these guys are the masters I'm so pumped for you guys to hear this Chris Evan it was great to see you guys and hang out I've known these guys for almost 10 years and i'm so proud of all they've accomplished but without further ado let's get into it guys episode 84 with boosted stripes it's it's fucking crazy because we were part of the youtube revolution when it started it's crazy dude it's the next i think it's gonna be i mean it probably is just absorbing things in terms of like not even selling product for absorbing content. Yeah. Like, Instagram's great for it in a short little burst. Yeah. Facebook's good for it for mm-hmm. two seconds. YouTube, like, you're sitting there watching a 15-minute video. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, like, from the perspective of a music producer, too. I think every single fucking interview that I have with somebody who makes music, I go, I want you to start making music. Oh, I saw these videos on YouTube. Yeah. Like, I've never been to mm-hmm. a... I, did, I was self-taught. Mm-hmm. And I was fucking 100%. self-taught. And it's crazy. You can learn anything. 100%. YouTube University, man. Photoshop. Like, if you want to be good at what you do, get a master's just, degree from YouTube. From YouTube, just Googling it. Yeah. It's no it, joke, though. It's so true. People are professionals on there, too. It's like not some fucking... In the beginning, yeah. YouTube was the Numa Numa Yag type guys. Mm-hmm. You know? And then it was like four <laughs> creators to share their content. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, well, maybe I can like get people to subscribe. And then yeah. on top of that, they subscribe. And then you can get them drawn to your website. Yep. YouTube's done a good job to giving back to creators. Like a lot of like Instagram, Facebook wise, which Facebook now realizes and is fighting back and struggling to try and bring creators back on. Yeah. Um, They've done a great job at saying, hey, if you use our platform, we'll monetize it for you. Yeah. Back to you in a fair ish. I mean, they always get under some scrutiny for whatever reasons, but they're great at giving back. They are. They are. And it's, it's for the creator. So like if you try and upload a mix or something that's not yours to YouTube, boom, no fucking chance. Mm -hmm. SoundCloud's trying to do that too. Like it used to be 
kind of like YouTube in the beginning. You can upload anything. Like DJs used to go on tour for making remixes that got famous totally. on SoundCloud. Yeah. You're saying about uh, Blau, right? Yeah, Blau. Yeah. He did mashups that had millions of plays. And SoundCloud doesn't give a shit. They leave it on no matter what. They, they left like, it on in the whatever. beginning. And then there was this huge rollover where it was like, you get strikes. And I have I had a SoundCloud, SoundCloud account with two strikes. You get three strikes, you're fucking, it's done, deleted. Can't ever access it again. It's not yeah. just locked, it's gone. So that's everything you've done just gone. Disappears. Yeah, that's why I got backups of the backups. I didn't know cloud. I was doing that. That's yeah, nuts. but now so much of that shit happened. People couldn't even upload a mix because they're acting like you're monetizing someone else's. So mm-hmm. if you upload Bodak Yellow Cardi B and say it's by Chris Nardi, like <laughs> it's gonna take it down. Right <laughs> yeah, away. here's my new yeah. track. Like that gets cut, but they really loosened up on mixes. Good. And now they're actually making it possible to monetize your music through sound, through Apple Music, through iTunes, everything Spotify. So it's crazy because Facebook seems to be doing the same thing. Really? Well, I mean, like you said, for videos and stuff, I know they're it's trying, trying to, to draw people back to Facebook. Yeah, Why do yeah. you think they tried to buy Snapchat? Snapchat probably should have sold it. 100%. I don't use Snapchat at all anymore. No, and I mean, I think that I mean some people still use it, but really, like people the, definitely do. Yeah, but I think the crowd that was using Snapchat is almost completely converted to TikTok. Yeah, like there's, I mean, there's people still on Snapchat, like no doubt, but the amount of attention that's on TikTok and like the amount of views that people get Crazy. organically Crazy. is just insane. Yeah. And then like the traction they get. So if you're on TikTok and you post something, like the common hashtags are FYP or For You page, and uh, if you happen to hit the For You page, it's like Explore for Instagram. Um, you get hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll go through and I'll click on these guys' names and like some of them will have three posts and they'll already have 100,000 followers just because they did like one video that got viral and hit the For You page Jesus. and now everybody follows them. So it's just, it's pretty wild to see the amount of attention and just like, in order for a view, like the person has to watch the video. Mm-hmm. So you're going through TikTok and you're seeing millions of views. Whereas like you scroll through Instagram, like those videos don't have millions of views. No, like people no. aren't sitting there and consuming the same way they are on And TikTok. it's interesting. Part of that also makes me think of like, going back to, it's like the wild, wild west for them right now. Mm-hmm. With like, if you think of like early days YouTube, like they had an explore page and they would never have someone like Dylan on that thing. It would literally be- no. One person and that person would begin million. You know what I mean? It's almost yeah. a similar model thing of what, yeah. that's going on right now. If you made it there early and you're doing things early, which we hear time and time again with Instagram mm-hmm. giveaways when yeah. they were popular, stuff like that. Yeah, it's like the same thing right now going on, on TikTok. Yeah, no. If you're early at anything, like you kind of just like the first adapter, and people follow you because you're first there. If you beat the algorithm um, first. You're yeah, it was cool. crazy with YouTube. Like, what kind of sparked the? I guess like social media sense because YouTube used to be like fully DIY or like yeah. learn how to guitar or something like that. Yeah. It was never like, yo, let me go learn watch. Learn how to guitar. Yeah, like, well, no one was ever like, let me go watch this kid jump around and like pop balloons or some shit, you know? And like now there's someone, um, I think his name's McHugh and I think, I believe he's in Chicago. He's a soccer player. He probably has half a million subs, maybe a million subs and all he does is post videos of different soccer cleats stepping on eggs, stepping on jello and like he's making a hundred Hundreds of thousands of dollars because he just posts these minute videos of him stepping on random stuff with cleats. And like, I kid you not, the whole video is the camera one frame. Just he explained it. He explains me. I like, swear, I'm like, it's no, it's wild. Not. And then I watched like five of them with him. He's yeah. like, yeah, check out the red jello one now. But back to where I was going with that was the whole reason that that whole culture even like became there was because of Vine and Vine closing. So yeah. you had like totally. probably, I, Vine was I fucking don't know awesome. exactly how many, but at I, least 10 to 12 like 
really big people on Vine. Like I think there was like Amanda Cerny, King Batch, yeah. uh, Jake Paul or Logan Paul. And like once Vine people. closed, all these guys went to YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. And so all the attention then went to YouTube. And mm-hmm. that's what kind of really blew up the the social aspect of YouTube. Yeah, and I mean I think Snapchat went down was because it like became a tabloid. Mm-hmm. You know, like the discover page or whatever. The stories were obviously fucking awesome. When Instagram murdered them. Instagram, Instagram, Instagram murdered them. Game murdered them. I remember, like, I remember being like, I, I'm not gonna like no yeah. one's looking at my Snapchat right. story. Plus, it was just like, I don't know. I, I didn't like it once it made that switch on Instagram. I was like, I'm just gonna use Instagram. I have more followers. Mm-hmm. At that point, when they did that too, I was DJing and doing my podcast, and I was like, if I put this out on Snapchat. It's not going to get nearly as many looks, right. and I'm trying to get my name out there, and then it ended up just being, like, random promotion, and I was like, I don't even want to use Snapchat anymore. And now it's just, like, yeah, it's interesting. private, inappropriate things to the homies. I don't use it, but I know people that use that Explore page on Snapchat to, like, get their news, get, like, really? just random yeah. things. A lot of companies do advertise on there still. Like, I know movement's pretty hard on yeah, there. I think it's working well. Yeah, it's just, just millions of people that yeah. use it. I mean, it's just, like, the cost to advertise there is way lower because of kind of how the platform has been playing out. Yeah. It's not a bad, like, in like taking in that ad, it's not a bad way of doing it. Like, yeah. I, I don't hate the way it's set up. Mm-hmm. I click through them every time. It's yeah. like I've probably yeah. never, like, swiped up to an ad on it. But I don't yeah. hate kind of the format of it on the it's a smart um, format puts it right in your face because if you, you know? click it again then you go to the next one and you're like oh well, i was waiting for the next part of the yep. story which is good it's what do you guys think is like the current media absorber like us and then what do you guys think it's going to be because it was short spurts with vine and then it was longer videos with youtube still short and then it was instagram and then instagram did the videos and then now they have igtv which is 10 minutes long yeah is it going to be in between or are we going to go back to long or is it always going to be short spurts just because of the oversaturation? It's a good question. Um, I think in terms of how it's going to be pushed to people, mm-hmm. um, I think influencers are huge now and I think they're going to continue to be. Big. Yeah, yeah. Um, mainly because kind of like what you were saying before, if you get served an ad on Instagram, yeah. you've never seen a product before, Yeah. you don't give a shit. It's intrusive. You yeah. don't want to see it. It almost pisses you off that it was there. Yeah. Um, now if you're following an athlete, a vlogger, whoever you're following on some sort of, however you're taking it in, yeah. and they're just organically talking about a product, yeah. you're now on that team. Yeah. So I think, I mean, vlogs are huge right now. I think probably that sweet spot is probably... I think it's going to be longer. I think yeah. It's kind of going to be a longer thing, and I think it's going to be more of an organic, less paid feel push. So more organic, more influencers type thing. What do you think, Chris? I mean, I would say that it just honestly it like goes through its life cycles because, like, you know, you had Vine, and it was the whole idea of, like, 15-second kind of trick videos in a sense. Yeah. And now that went away, moved to Instagram, you have Snapchat, and now TikTok's picking back up. Yeah. And so you're getting, like, this whole cycle because TikTok's going to be, I don't know, I would say 8 to 13 is probably your target age on yeah. TikTok. Yeah, And, like, those are the people that are going to make the decision of what happens next. Yeah, yeah. true. Like, they're not going to be, I mean, yeah, they'll be influenced by influencers, but at the same time, like, there's a whole world of 12-year-old influencers that, like, nobody's aware of. Yeah. You know, like, we know these big <laughs> names that have 12 million followers. That's a like, very good point. What you don't know is that 13-year-old girl that puts on makeup on TikTok has 50 million followers. Like, And I just think that nobody really knows what could happen next because mm-hmm. 
It's just there's all these different mediums that have all this different attention that's so separate in a sense. True. Like, and it's like if you're going to build a business and make something monetary too, yeah. like if you're that, let's just say, I come across these random Instagram pages that have like 500,000 to 3 million, you know, they're verified. And I'm like, who the fuck is this person? Yeah. You know, but they're monetizing the shit out of that because the people that follow them and it's kind of going to loop around how you guys do it with yeah. your guys' word of mouth, you know. You have people that are consistently buying your product and spreading that word rather than people who are somewhat entertaining on social media, but there's nothing behind that. They have videos that they make. You know, it could be a DJ or, um, you know, a producer, anybody in the media stream that isn't able to make money but has a lot of followers, and they're not going to be successful because they don't actually have that core following. Like, I always talk about the dive bar recipe. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck do dive bars last so long in Chicago, New York, LA? It's because people know what they're gonna get. Yeah, it's the character and they've of been them. they've been there for years now. You know? Exactly. Like, so it's about consistency. Yeah. It's about I mean, it, literally, it's just about consistency and totally. being relatable to your market. I mean, from what I've learned, is it, marketing one hundred and one is fucking niche marketing and long tail, right? It's pretty impossible to get every single person. Yeah global brands and stuff food brands you know my day job is in food transportation and logistics and the kellogg's the general mills people all know those brands because it's food you ate it's food you eat right now it's food you're going to feed your kids right so those is obviously a large market with your guys specific shoes you found out who they were you targeted the living fuck out of them and you still continue to do that and you count on them to grow your brand that's what i do with this podcast i i target people that yeah it's going to make sense that they want to ingest it like who am i serving yeah so, I mean, you guys have done an incredible job. And I'll get into the history of Bootstripes since we're on this. I mean, how do you guys market right now? How did you start marketing initially when you didn't know anybody? Yeah. And then how do you do it now? What's changed? Um, so I guess, like, how we first started was um, it was just pretty much cold DMs to as many people as possible um, that were in the sneaker game, were posting pictures, mm-hmm. and uh, just trying to, like, make friends with them at the yeah. end of the day. like. You'd introduce yourself, you'd tell them, hey, this is what we're doing, and, like, at first, it was just a fuck ton of no's. Like, it just <laughs> nonstop was no, no, no. Yeah. And then, like, we figured out kind of, like, the right groups to go from, and then you'd work with one, you'd say, hey, do you have a couple friends that would like this? Mm-hmm. Like, and it would just slowly turn into um, these groups of photographers that were all shooting together that would all have our products. Hmm. Um, and to preface a little bit, this was at a time, two years ago, Ultra Boost had already come out, but it was at its hot point right now. Yeah. So in the sneaker community, the people we're talking to love Ultra Boost. Yeah. Thought, like, everything about it was cool. And Adidas's campaign at that time was here to create. Dude, it's like Jordan 1 lovers, you know, or yeah, like Nike exactly. totally. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, they're, they're going to fucking do that, and that's all they're going to get. 100%. So yeah. Adidas had this thing of here to create, so now you have all these people who are pushing the brand mm-hmm. that are trying to go along with their motto. So right. they're sitting here and they're saying, how can I create? What can I do? Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Um, um, no, it's a very good point, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of, yeah, exactly. So it was just very popular at that point in time. So I don't want to say it was like easy, but they were already shooting pictures of that shoe. So to say, hey, do you want to make your picture a little bit different? Mm-hmm. Do you want to try and stand out compared to the other people shooting the shoe? Yeah. They were like, yeah, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I want to just put on like red stripes and match it to my red pants? Right. Or something like that to make it unique. And when the Explore page is saturated with the same model of Ultra Boost everywhere, mm-hmm. adding a little chrome on it, adding red on it, mm-hmm. they see yeah, that right it away. Stops. It's va- value added stop. to them right away. That kind of reminds me of like 
when we were growing up and cars would throw rims or spoilers on them. I don't know who's the need for speed age. Yeah, 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 totally. But I'm thinking, you know, it's a Honda Civic with a spoiler and rims on there. I'm like, God damn, that's kind of a cool uh, car. Civic's a perfect With a spoiler in the rims. So. Yeah, seriously. I mean, and, and those aren't expensive to make. Yeah. Not expensive to distribute. Mm-hmm. It's... It's really yeah, interesting. It was honestly, it's it's a win win for e commerce because like mm-hmm. when you're doing when you're selling something online, like you have to be able to reach a big enough audience. And the product has to be small enough so that's like lightweight to ship. Yeah, you can't have something that's fragile. Yeah, and like granted, you can do all of those things, but it's going to make your life way harder to right. start. Harder. So picking something that doesn't break, that's flat, mm-hmm. and that weighs virtually nothing, was like. Okay, we're, we wow. could we could mess with this because like yeah. you're not going to be on the losing end when something goes wrong with your shipment or with the product. Good point. You can always replace it. It's not necessarily time sensitive yeah. too. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You literally got down to the fucking nitty gritty mm-hmm. of the shipping and handling. Yeah. The shipping sucked at first, like yeah. we kind of touched on before. We were talking earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were using just that postage, so it was thirty <laughs> to forty cents. To, like fl- same thing you do essentially if you're selling like a letter to your grandma. It's like you put an envelope, <laughs> bigger envelope, obviously. No tracking. Same postage. No tracking. So we're sending these things <laughs> at that time, probably 20, 30 ish percent, probably more, probably 20, 30 percent international. Yeah. They're getting a letter sent to them from the US <laughs> to <laughs> Philippines. To the Philippines that, like, they're like, we track this. We're like, uh, probably two to three. Yeah. That, I back have, then was three. I've had packages here that, like, we've shipped in 2018. Like that get returned, and you're like, really? It takes just been sitting, <laughs> sitting in a bin in the Philippines. Twelve months like, to make it around the world. Like, thanks USPS. No Jesus, uh-huh. um, that's crazy. But back to going back, how, <laughs> yeah, back to how we also marketed. Yeah. Um. So like, influencer marketing was like, uh, probably the biggest part. Um. In terms of getting like social proof. Yeah. So. Um, and where we really saw that come into effect was we kind of made the decision early on. There's uh, a big sneaker convention. It's called SneakerCon, and it uh, yeah, happens across right. the United States, across yeah. the world. Um, it's gotten much bigger since we since it started. Um, but we were like, you know, like this is what people do. They bring their product on the road. They try to introduce it to new people, and you know, you see if anyone bites. Yeah. And I remember, like, we go to the first first show. It was mental. And and everyone here. Where was it at? In Chicago. It was no. I think this first one was Memphis, maybe. No, it was... Or Atlanta? I think it was Atlanta. It could have been Atlanta. So Atlanta, like, is big sneaker culture, huge sneaker culture. Yeah. Not Adidas. All Jordan. Just Nike and Jordan. All Jordan. Just <laughs> Nike and Jordan. Like, these people looked at us like we were crazy. We lose like, stupidest brother are you all doing? And, like, you get the few and far between would have a pair of Ultra Boosts. You'd be like, yo, dude, like, we make this product. You could put it on You could give it to them for free. And they're like, nah, bro, I'm not putting stickers on my shoes. So you leave this thing and it's like, oh, no. you know, some of the people you're going up to are, like, the same age. And then some of the people you're going up to, like, maybe, like, a 14-year-old. And they're like, nah, that's stupid. And you're like, Stickers on you get the 14-year-old. That was what I thought my market was. But their parents would come up to us and be like, these kids are asking for a $300 pair of shoes. And then parents would see this $15. Like, stand there like, perfect genius. They're like, Jonah. Jonah. Pick three of them out. Nice. So we started, we did that. And we went to... To, I forget. That's grassroots, we, baby. We went to we went to Memphis, Atlanta, um, Las Vegas, um, Toronto, Toronto, London. It's all coming in your guys' pocket, obviously. Yeah, right? and yeah. like I mean, some well, some of them went really well. So for Atlanta, <laughs> Atlanta, we Atlanta came back. Totally we're, like, we're, we're like, should we do another one? We're like, let's try one more out. Yeah. Second one, we're like close to breaking even, and then at the last second, this behemoth of a human being comes up to us, <laughs> shakes our hand. He's got like he's just. 
bear paws. Yeah. This shit. He buys like how much? Did he pay? I think he paid like three hundred bucks worth of shit. <laughs> just fucking like, cash. Yeah. Oh, really? really and like, okay. Crazy, like we're not selling anything, so like he yeah. had to come up and say like, let me get three hundred dollars. It made us. So he could take the whole table. Yeah. Like, it made yeah. us like yeah. one broke even, and we're like, okay, let's just, like let's just keep going. Like, yeah. Brand awareness is good, and then we made money on every yeah. single other one. That guy was at at least four. Of them. <laughs> kept, no shit. Us. Every time, two, three hundred bucks. He was like, yeah, re up. And we're like, what are you doing? Re up. And we hooked him <laughs> up. Like, we would give him like four, like 30 of these. Like, that rest, we're like, yo, just like, pick yeah. out, we'll give you a number. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know I'm trying to be like a salesperson, but I'm like, what are you doing with all these drugs? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how you're going to use them, but damn. So, so he was like a little bit of a savior. And uh, where was it most successful? Toronto, I would say, yeah. in Canada. But it almost turned out to be, like, the worst because, you know, you don't really think. Like, you're just crossing the border of Canada. So border. you're not, like, you're like, yeah, everything's fine. Like, we're just going across the border. And this you is know? us prepping for it. Like, this is, so we left it, yeah, we left at 9 p.m. at night, too. Yeah. So we were going to get there at, like, 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we cross the border, and uh, phones don't work. We're right, like, we didn't even oh think about my god, cell coverage is out. I definitely would not have thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Navigation's gone. We pulled in a parking lot, got like Wi Fi screenshotted the directions to make <laughs> get in the hotel, get to SneakerCon the next day, think everything's fine. We're like, fuck yeah, thank God. And then we're like, yo, how do we take payments? People are pulling out their credit cards. People are like, pulling out their credit cards. Like, we oh, don't have service shoot. to scan it on our phones. Cash only. And then, and then, <laughs> and then, everyone's like, all right, how truck, much? Yeah. Everyone's like, how much are they? And we're like, $15. dollars so like, we only have Canadian. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> Every, God. Everything's got the how are we going to get change for any of these people? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, a few of those. and it worked out. But, like, the it was pretty funny because right hilarious. when the doors opened, I... It was like a grand opening of like Chuck E. Cheese or something. Like hundreds of kids sprinting sprinting to every table. Like within 30 seconds, we had 15 kids surrounding us. Like, and at this point, we gained enough little momentum that like we're starting to see people who knew where we like they knew us. People would come up and be like, Yo, I just DMing you the other day. Yeah, like that was, yeah, I saw you on Instagram, stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Wow, super cool to see there. So I mean, it was like it was definitely a grind going back and forth, but it was fun. And then I'd say finally, like the last few were like pretty successful. Where we were really happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, like London, Evan didn't come to London, but my sister came to London and helped. And the line to London was probably like equivalent to like two blocks long. And yes. as I walked with like our suitcase full of shit, like everybody saying, "Yo, that's Boosted Stripes. That's Boosted Stripes." Yeah, you know, we're across the country or across the world. Yeah. Like, Damn, this is pretty cool. Yeah, so um, across the pond. Yeah, and then uh, then we get to New York, and uh, and we meet this some random guy comes up to the table. He's like, "You guys looking for any money? Do you want an investor?" I'm like, "This is so odd," but like we took his card yeah. and uh, and we we talked with him. We ended up making a deal with him. This is the guy. Yeah, we ended up making a deal with him. Uh, we met him in December, and I think we signed a deal in April. Um, and his whole thing too, some of the value added from him was what he does now is he just is a mentor to company. So it's not like he's just this money bags that like just yeah. want to toss money. Yeah. He's a guy that has five to six companies under him. Mm-hmm. He has a team of people under him that mm-hmm. PR person, some website guru, et cetera, et cetera, comes up to us and say, hey, not just is it funny if you need it, but also tons of resources if yeah. you need it. And so uh, we worked with him for seven months I want to say um, and I think what you learn is like first I mean you're like a little kid when someone walks up and it's like yo do you want money you're like 100%. wow someone believes uh, into me like yo bro you want to be my dad go to the website uh, <laughs> 
But yeah, so so we made the deal with him, and then you know it turns out like hey, that was a year ago. Yeah, that was more than that. No, two so two years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. April two thousand eighteen. Okay. So yeah, and then um, you know you come to realize like pretty fast that <laughs> working with someone that's like close to fifty, they don't they don't really get it. Yeah. Like they totally understand business. They understand the fundamentals. They understand relationships. They understand uh, networking. But, like, they don't understand Instagram. They yeah. They don't understand the 13-year-old running across, like, that wants to buy sneakers. Yeah, and totally. Like, they just are looking at it from this, like, whole big business perspective. And, like, his goal was, like, you know, we need to make it as, as many shoes as possible. We need, to, uh, we need to appeal to the biggest range of people where it's, like, dude, we, like, started this with we were going after, like, a really small niche and trying to grasp that and then, like, learn from there. Whereas he was like, let's just try to take it all on at once. And, like, sneaker community in its own is just relentless. Yeah. In terms of, like, if you make a change and it's, like, not cool, like, it'll just be a bunch of clown faces. Like, it's, like, all the comments or something. <laughs> yeah. like, this, like, the second you move yeah. away from, which is any, I guess, any business, the second you move away from your target, your target audience, yeah. they're going to go from your lovers to why are you making this change? Yeah. What do you do? Like, Damn. You do? But, but so he ended up kind of, I would say, like, more so, like, character development rather than, like, business development. Okay. Like, he definitely 100% helped helped us grow. He's awesome. Like, He's we, he was an awesome guy, super nice. Like, yeah. Drives a sick BMW and a Jeep, has this nice house in Aventura, Florida. Like, wow. We, we went out there to Miami we visit him. him. No way. Um, super so cool it's guy. not just... He, he introduced us to, like, 10, 15 people yeah. while we're there, and these are, like, super successful, yeah. super cool, super smart people. None of them were just a fit to what we were yeah, doing. Yeah, none of them right. could help. But like, and we'd implement, we implemented some changes he would recommend, and, like, we're like, shit, this isn't working. And the worst part of it would be, like, before it happened, Chris and I would agree being, like, we know this isn't going like, we, yeah, we're, we're going to give it a shot. We know right. it's going to work based off of us mm. knowing our audience, us knowing what's worked in the past. Yeah. But, like, this is what he's here for. Let's try it out. We try it out, and we're like, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we did that for about eight months. Oh, and, man. Uh, and then we just told him, you know what, man? Like, this isn't... It's not working out for either of us. Yeah. Like, you're not making any any return, and, like, you're putting in this time, and we don't feel like our business is getting value. So, yeah. like, thanks for the eight months of mentoring. Mm-hmm. Like, we do appreciate it, and it yeah. was awesome. But as far as, like, growing the business, like, you're not necessarily helping. Yeah. And we would get aggravated in terms of, like... Adding more pieces of the puzzle, it just elongated things. Like, if we wanted to act on something, we're like, well, let's wait till Thursday to talk about, like, if, <laughs> if he agrees with it as well. And, like, if everything, compared to, like, how he normally operate is, is this a good idea? It's a good idea. Let's roll Do it. it. Yeah. Like, let's just compare to, like, is this a good idea? All right, let's compare and contrast other ideas. It, it just wasn't our style either. Yeah, you have to have somebody that kind of pushes you in one way yeah. to know which way to go, right? Totally. I mean, and that's, that's just such a good point because, like, I, we wouldn't totally. be where we're at without him either. Yeah, you right. Know, like, he taught us a ton. And, like, I I think I learned how to talk to, like, higher-up business people in a sense. Like, he would put me mm-hmm. on the phone with a CEO of a $30, $40 million company. Right. And, like, you can't sound like an idiot. And so, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the first couple times you do. And, uh, right. And, and it's good to get that over with. But it's good to get it over with this and, early. Yeah. So good. that, like... You know, now it's like, it, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to. It's, you're almost talking peer to peer at the same, like if you are able to hold the conversation, you're on the phone. So they don't really know like wh- who you are, what you're doing. Right. It is peer to peer. Was there a moment when you guys either 
might have been Chris before you came to the picture where you were like, all right, this is real. I can make money out of this. This is what I want to do. Because you were a fucking math major in yeah. college, right? Yeah. And then you came straight here and, you know, the whole day Zeus happened. And yeah, then... so, yeah, I mean, when we graduated college, I went straight into doing custom shoes with Dylan DeJesus. Right. And, uh, and I, like, I learned so much from him. You yeah. Mean, just, like, about shoes, about Instagram, about just, like, this whole culture out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was kind of, like, early with working with him, I realized that, like, the more people you DM to ask if they want to buy shoes, the better your numbers Shooter become. Shooter shoe, baby. And, yeah, uh, I like and, that. And, you know, like, we first met up, and he was like, yeah, I do, like, cleats for um, maybe, like, 10 to 12 athletes, I want to say. Like, you go to your high school? How'd you know him? So, we're, uh, my dad's best friend is his uncle. So it's like a random... Dad's best yeah, friend is his uncle. Random, <laughs> yeah, a random graduation party. And that. his aunt knows your dog, right? but uh so yes that's how we met like through family and uh and so he was doing yeah like 10 or 12 nfl guys so i came on and i was like dude i'll sit here i'll send 100 messages a day like yeah i don't care yeah so you know i'm messaging probably like ten thousand athletes and and like you just don't stop at the end of the day like these guys aren't going to answer your first one you send them cool pictures and like they might not answer till your eighth picture because that cleat has like a Gucci sign on it and it gets their eye. And this was on Instagram. And this is all on Instagram. Hand because uh, fucking you have to do it by hand. Yeah, and when you and you try copying and pasting and Instagram knows you can only send ten messages that are copy and pasted and then you get blocked for messaging for like I don't know if it's twenty four hours or whatever. So you have to go through and change like the words in the middle Jesus. and shit and, and work it all out. <laughs> but I mean. You know, you do that for so long, and then, like, when I left Dylan, and, like, we took a step back, I was like, dude, we painted shoes for, like, over 300 athletes. And you're like, these are all people... Professional athletes, Yeah, professional right? athletes. Yeah, incredible. And, like, and it, these aren't guys that are buying one pair of cleats. Yeah. Like, one pair of cleats. Like, we had guys like uh, Eric Ebron, who would buy two pairs of cleats a game. So, you know, he's, yeah. he's spending a ton. <laughs> we were doing Devontae Adams that would buy, you know, 10 to 12 pairs a season. It's crazy. And, like, it's these guys crazy. don't disappear. They come back the next season. Right. So, like, you start to learn about reoccurring income. And, oh. like, wow, the more you add to this pile, the more that comes in. They're posting um, about it. They're flaunting yeah. it. Yeah. But so that's where I learned kind of, like, the economy is a scale on Instagram. Yeah. And it just happened that what I was selling was hard to scale. Um, it's hand-painted artwork, so it just takes time, and there's only one Dylan, and you can't pump out enough shoes to really create this mass scale. Yeah. Um, and that's where, like, we kind of, I talked to him about the idea of creating these sticker kits for Nikes, mm-hmm. and, like, he, he loved the idea, and we talked about it for a couple of weeks, and uh, finally, when it kind of came down to it, he was like, you know what, man, this, uh, this goes against everything I stand for. I was like, well... Basically monetizing it? Yeah, I was like... Yeah. He's it's like, well, art. He's you're, like, it's you're not taking art. a shoe, you're not shooting... Yeah. It won't be unique anymore. Yeah, he's like, this right. isn't hand-painted, this isn't what I do. And I was I was like, I can't argue with you. Like, you're right. Yeah. Like, you're, you're yeah, 100% right. This is, the business is your name. Like, I, I got nothing. Um, and then uh, a couple of weeks later, Evan came up. And Evan was like, oh, dude, I got these uh, Ultra Boosts. And everyone on Reddit has been, like, posting, putting electrical tape on the stripes. It was, let's see if, oh no, we don't have, we don't have the, shoe. the Oreos, but like these, so the or, they, they're called the Oreos, but they're black and white with like kind of a zebra-ish knit to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about, a, yeah. They have a, a clearish, like, awful ugly, looking clear cage. Yeah. It looks just brutal and kind of yellows with time, so what a lot of people were doing was to get around that 
taking electrical tape, putting it on, and then taking a scalpel to it and cutting it like to precision. Yeah. And you saw that on Reddit. So on yeah. Reddit. On Reddit's a crazy Reddit. social like that's it's a crazy <laughs> savages on there. And people yes. don't like do, a lot of people don't understand the power of Reddit, which is kind of great. Um, if you get on the good side you, of a group, you're yeah, fucking they just in it. Pump. Pump. Like we'll get a post on Reddit and literally within five minutes, two hundred people are on the site. And it's like, all our traffic. And we're like, what, what is happening? Like, what just happened? And it's all from Reddit. But the second, like, a group hates you, it's just, you're screwed. Yeah, if they find out <laughs> that you're, yeah, like, if they find out that you're, like, feeding these posts in, like, you just straight down votes, and then everyone's, like, will comment, like, fuck you guys. Corporate like, ass. Yeah, like, corporate ass <laughs> just, like. This is big stripes doing this. Yeah, like, stupid <laughs> shit. Man. Are you serious? Nah, yeah. I don't know what so that's where Evan saw it and I was like you know we were already talking with Dylan about this whole idea of doing Nike swooshes and I was like well we got the machines like I know how to do this like let's do it and we had talked about like he explained just like that's like the light bulb moment when he's explaining I mean Dylan is so talented mm-hmm. he's like by far the best artist I know um and like I, I'd go in. He's just sitting there. I told you before. He's sitting there with just that toothpick. He's yeah. sitting there doing stuff. I'm looking at Chris. I'm like, once you how like how do you do more than that? <laughs> <laughs> he's got a toothpick in his hand. Yeah. And Chris is over there. He's like he's doing like a base layer of white. I'm like yeah. this is. I'm just painting insane. white on shoes. It's a sweatshop. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> so that like right when it clicked that like. We're talking about how we could do it. We're looking at that machine. We hit print, and this thing's just we're like this. We're like, okay, that could scale. That's it. And uh, and so we were, I think it was probably May or June. We were talking about it, and then someone comes out in Germany, and it's called Stripes or whatever. So like Stripe and then Hype. And, and uh, this is we're in the stages of the meeting stages. at his apartment with vinyl in our hand, going through picking out the colors we want. Like we're at this final stages of. Here's what the website's gonna look like. It's it was the development scene. It wasn't just like an idea at this point. It was websites about yeah. uh like we just need to you as a partner. Yeah, like yeah, it was ready to go, ready to launch. Yeah. These guys came out of nowhere, and they, and they came out of nowhere and launched it. And we're like, holy fuck! Like, <laughs> can we still do it? Good looking, and, good looking uh, website based out of yeah. Germany. Like, uh, it was I mean, all solid. They had maybe like eight eight different colors on there or six options, and so we're like, you know what? Like, let's come out with thirty blast options. Them. So yeah, let's just blast them, and uh, and actually, yeah. I, um, and like. Literally, I think it took, when did they say they, they were closed? 12 months, I think. And then they announced that they were done doing it. That, like, they just didn't want to continue doing business and, and whatnot. Took and, them out. And just basically didn't get any traction. Did you ever talk to them directly? So They kept blocking us. They kept blocking us. <laughs> <laughs> we were friendly. We never did anything. But, uh, yeah. Well, in so, their eyes, though, can well, you imagine if you create the business, then a month later, well, what this happened other one comes was, out like some What happened was, like, I saw nice them doing it. <laughs> And we had no idea what material to use. Mm-hmm. Like, we're still out here just using the same shit that we use for stencils on shoes. Right. And I was like, well, maybe they have it figured out. Right. And so I ordered four sets from their website, all of their sizes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, the kid emails me and he's like, hey, did you mean to order all of these sizes? Like, you know, why do you need every size? And I was like, I got a lot of friends. And, uh, <laughs> and, so and he sends, you know, he sends all the got sizes. got a lot of friends. Sends all the sizes and, you know, and then, like, we come out. It was a funky uh, material. Yeah. It was, like, nothing we were using. It was completely different. It was few millimeters thicker and it was like your one of your questions was can you stick it back on yeah it had an adhesive where it was you could kind of pull it off put it back on so like short term wise it's not going to get that nice of a stick in terms of like adhering perfectly looking great kind of has like that bulky look right but it was cool that you could put it on take it off put it on the paper Mm -hmm. um 
But yeah, so then, like, after he blocked us, you know, right after that came out, and he actually blocked my personal Instagram as well, so he figured out who I was. Jesus. Um, But I guess, like, the main question was, when did we realize that there was, like, it could be something? Yeah. Um, Because this was your your entrepreneurship. You have a a day job. mm -hmm. So you guys, basically, when, do you remember a specific moment you're like, let's fucking rock? I think the first few weeks of yeah, we right launched away, it, man, it was wild. So yeah. it was crazy. <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. Some like, of our best, like growth wise, was like the first few weeks. It was like we we're getting orders. We we're getting over hundred yeah. bucks a day from like like the first few days was over hundred bucks a day. Which when you're starting a business, like yeah. it's hard to sell one product. One thing, yeah. yeah. And like and we, we started off four or five first orders. was like friends, people in Chicago. It was like yeah. a lot of Jason's friends who the photographer at the time was working part-time at Adidas or knew a ton of people working at the Adidas stores as well mm-hmm. and they bought into the idea right away hell yeah um, but like I think right when we got started it was like here's a concept yeah. proof concept we built it all these things and then like these fucking orders uh, yeah. just started chopping and it started like, as, as soon as influencers started saying yes it was game over Gosh. because like uh, out of the top 50 sneaker photographers 40 of them were posting Easily. boosted stripes. What? Like, it was, I mean... We got in the group. I don't think so. I've seen, like... And the craziest part was, like, they were all just, like, they wanted to work with it because it was, like, a new, unique product. Yeah. But that's like, going along with yeah, campaigns. And it's good for pushing. their brand. Yeah. 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 Win-win all around. Yeah, so I've never really seen an influencer, like, pick up on a product like that. Yeah. And, and like, thoroughly enjoy it themselves. Right. So it, like, got to the point where these guys are, like, messaging and saying, yo, could I get this color, this color, this color? I want to put them on this shoe, this shoe, that shoe. And it was no longer was, like, yo, will you take some pictures for us? And it was, like, them driving it. And the cool thing it's about, awesome. like, that creative or creativity aspect is, like, when you look around at, like, a lot of these pictures around here. That one's like, so dope. So you get, like, there's going out there, like, okay, we have camo shots. Let's yeah. go out into the wilderness. Let's see that contrast between, like, the green and blue. Like, it, it adds <laughs> on the creativity of now, like, yeah. this is a canvas. Yeah. Now we have these stripes. Let's think about, like, how we want to shoot. It's not just the same picture every time. It's just a new element to kind of play with. This looks like an Adidas yeah. ad, dude. And, and, no, dude, and like, that half these guys have, you know, like, 15, 25,000 followers. Yeah. We've got, like, 300. And so, yeah. like, the fact that they're willing to do this, we're, like, all on our high horse and just so all pumped up. So you're getting natural growth. Yeah. How so many followers are you guys at now? 32,500. 32. Something like that. It's amazing. Yeah, pretty wild. You don't realize, like, when you take a step back and you look, you're like, oh, when did that last 10K come out? I know. Yeah. Um, you, so you asked before, also, we kind of, we drifted off big time. From, that's okay. That's how it usually goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's an interesting, um, how our marketing's kind of changed. So we, we did start off, Chris was going ham, and you still had, like, that crazy from going you know, to athletes just boys. insane at messaging people contact people um and we got in those kind of circles for brand ambassadors essentially that just these ambassadors mm-hmm. that are pushing product which right. right away people think it's dope people think it's cool they're yep. seeing on the explore page yep um and in terms of like how well in terms of how marketing how well marketing advertisement works that was just I think the yeah. best. It's just people, it was organic, yeah. it wasn't pushed, it was just everywhere. People then wanted to make their shoes like that. It was just a beautiful thing. And what we ran into going. And to put a timeline to that, so we started July 2017. Yeah. And then um, we ran with the influencer marketing until March of 2018, March or April, I forget the month, but um, Nike released a collaboration with Virgil Abloh on uh, Off White. Yeah. And they did the 10 pack. And it, destroyed Adidas. And Adidas wasn't doing anything with any design. They weren't they weren't keeping up. Every influencer I remember that. Every influencer that was posting Ultra Boost 
went straight into posting this 10-pack and the, the Nike Off-Whites. No longer was any influencer posting these shoes. And we were like, oh my God. So and these we, are shoe influencers? Yeah, these are all sneakers, right. sneaker heads in a right. sense. So. And when you reach out to them now, and we're buddies with them. And like, yo, can you just, like, we have more, here's more stuff. If you want more stuff, here's laces, whatever they want. They're like, no, nah, we're shooting like, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> we don't wear those now. anymore. Or we Literally sold them all. And we're like, fuck, Dude. like, what are we going to do? And that's the, the beauty, but the hard part about it is the beauty is they want your product and that's why it sells well is because right. you could tell in their posts a genuine affection for the product. Right. It doesn't feel forced. You could see it in their shot. You can see them talking about it in their stories. Yeah. It's genuine. If you're now going up to someone and going, and this is kind of where the model started to switch is mm-hmm. we ran with it for so long and it was free. It was, it was costing us. We were just talking about the cost for shipping out before. It yeah. Low cost, yeah. zero low cost. <laughs> Some of these guys, we, we paid a little bit, but for the most part, it was so early that like they were just happy to work so with us and like the question of money never even came. Yeah, up. yeah. And then you it changed. Yeah, like okay, yeah, and then like a few of them, like we had a couple of photographers that were in, I think like Philadelphia area, and there's two of them, and they're friends. So like when I sent their package, like you know, I looked up like restaurants in downtown Philadelphia and sent them a gift card to go out to eat together. And so, you know, like the sneaker kind of, yeah, like, like, yeah, we gave them, we got them passes to the sneaker conventions to get them in for free. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we did what we could to like kind of acknowledge that they're people and that we're people too. Yeah. We're not just taking advantage. Like, yeah, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a business partnership. Totally. Totally. And so then it started changing once the shoe and that's, what's hard about our product is it's tied to product is only as cool as the shoe it's on so like if, the, sh- if the shoe starts losing it just goes in the shitter or just like oh shit and that's <laughs> yeah. so what you start that's what you kind of like talk imagine on. making phone cases for iPhones and then Android comes into the market the and no market one has shot. iPhones anymore like what yeah. do you do as an iPhone case company exactly yeah that's yeah. a really really good comparison mm-hmm. so we had to start paying more so influencers or just giving a little more of a push to them to say incentive. okay a little yeah. incentive for them yeah. thank you um to use our product, which then you still see success, but you see less of the genuineness that you saw when it was organic. Mm-hmm. And obviously you now have that marketing budget going towards the paid ads. Um, and then we started, so timeline of that was probably, what'd you say for- So ended like March 2018, 2018? Probably did that for three, four months. And then we're like, okay, we need to start paying for Facebook ads. Yeah. And also kind of dig into YouTube a bit. So, yeah, and then like, one thing that we realized was like, okay, we got all these influencers to post this product yeah. and like what we didn't take with it right away was all of these kids that shoot like their shoes and are trying to become these influencers look up to these guys and they want to be just like these guys, mm-hmm. but these guys are no longer shooting our product. So then we decided, hey, let's open the floodgates. Let's create an ambassador program. Mm. So now all of these kids that wanted to be like these photographers are like, now's my chance. Like, yeah. I can be a boosted ambassador. That's awesome. And, uh, got shirts and all yeah, we had, yeah, month one, I think we had 200 people join. Or, and then like the next month was another 400. And I think like now we have like 12 or 1300 um, ambassadors. And, and like, they get you know, perks. We're active on the Facebook. It's a little secret Facebook page that you get invites to once you fill out the form. Mm-hmm. Um, we go through the forms, pick out the ambassadors, they get access, and it's like us shooting the shit with these guys. It's like That's us, awesome. They give us ideas for website, we talk about it. They give us like a new product shot, everyone's got each other's back. It's just like a, it's a sweet way to interact with it's your community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it was definitely more so like, 
it's now more so a community versus last time where it was like influencers and it looked kind of like this untouchable, like I, I'm not good enough to have it in a yeah, sense. Of course. Into wow, these guys like care about us too. Yeah. And yeah. They want to want to work with us. Totally. So that that pulled in a, a ton of momentum, and then we went into YouTube. YouTube, which we kind of touched on before of how people take things in. YouTube, <laughs> when we first started it, was awesome. Like it works so damn well. We had a YouTuber called Has Kicks come in. Um, created a video just kind of showing off our product. And yeah. We were so heavy on Instagram. Like, it was just Instagram up to that point. Right. I mean, Facebook, obviously, we pushed on Facebook, but traffic-wise, almost all Instagram. All the eggs were basically in one basket. 100%. Yeah. Um, so now using, like, utilizing this YouTube platform, no one had really seen the product on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So when we now got had an influencer show off the product, it blew up in terms mm-hmm. of yeah. traffic sales from even that one video at first. Yeah, and, like, these guys aren't cheap. Like, and you yeah. have no idea what's going to happen with these with these YouTubers. I messaged a ton of them before I started getting responses. And then you'll get responses like, yeah, we want five grand for a video. We want 10 grand for a video. We want 2,500. I'm like, dude, I sell a $15 product. <laughs> do you know how many of these fucking things I got to sell to yeah, recruit 10 yeah. grand? Like, yeah. Do you really think you can sell that many units? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Right. These guys are like, these YouTubers are getting this they're getting yeah. this amount of money from other people. From other so it's like, but these other people aren't selling $15 stickers. No. Like they're selling these like high margin products. Well, we have a high margin product, but they're selling like, you know, $200 sneaker bags. Right. Right. And right. like, so yes. they only need, you know, 15, 15, 20 sales and they covered their cost. Whereas like we need to sell 800 units to cover 10,000. And it's hit or miss. Sometimes yeah, the YouTuber yeah. will have half a million and yeah. they'll put a video out and it gets 2.2K and then they'll do another one and it gets 1.5. It's, yeah. it's Pro- like yeah, one it example is. was, um, so we we're working with one YouTuber um, that had about half a million subscribers and he's from California mm-hmm. um, and he gets a ton of views on his videos. And then we had another YouTuber that was probably like 19,000 subscribers or 20,000 subscribers. And that one that had 20,000 subscribers yeah. hadn't made a video in like three months. Yeah. Um, wasn't super active. Older dude. An older dude. And um, they both pretty much released their videos at the same time. And the guy that had half a million followers maybe did $100 in sales. If that. If that. The guy that um, had like 20,000 subscribers brought in sales for probably consistently six months. I was going to say six months. Like six months. What? Yeah, like thousands of dollars. Why do you think that was? It's so crazy. It's the way people, and it's the way you're following. Like how much you're following like believes in what you're saying and your content. Yeah. Why are they there? Yeah. Are they there for pure entertainment? Are they there because they like you? It's, there's a number of reasons. Yeah, that's so. like what I was talking about. Like, if I'm, like, some DJ who has, like, a million plays on some song, and it's just yeah. some song, and I play in Chicago, 20 people come. It's like, what is the line there totally. between people yeah. actually going out of their way, mm-hmm. spending money to go to this extent, right? Yeah. Totally. That's crazy. That's the fucking world we're living in, yeah. man. Yeah. There's a lot of variables, too, with, like, YouTubers in terms of, at the end of the day, what we're not ask them to do, but in layman's terms is we want you to be a salesman essentially for a product. Yeah. Is uh, at the end of the day we want it to be organic, but we yeah. want to sell that's our end objective is we want your people, the people yeah. that look up to you, to see our product and we want them to be so enticed to end up purchasing. Right. Um and I just think like that the big guy didn't sell it well. He didn't sell well he did he didn't like there wasn't heart in it. It was just like yeah. it just felt like he was doing a product vid it just felt like sponsored-ish video compared to the yeah, other guys. Yeah. 
Chico's kicks three months off. It's like it's you see like excitement of him coming back into it. Just a dope, there's just you, when he does like the walkthrough at the end. He's like showing off the kicks. It's like this is set. Like you mm-hmm. put time, thought this through. You knew what stripes you'd match in your shoes. Like, yeah. You just tell him how he built the video. Yeah. That's special. You need people it's like that. Totally. No, totally. And I think YouTube probably we we don't do as much on YouTube anymore. We're still working with a couple of the guys, but it's just. Pricey. It's pricey and it's yeah. difficult. It's a um, risk, like we said. Like yeah, it's a, it's a risk. It's gotta be frustrating because like, there's no like contract that says you're gonna say X, Y, and Z and you're gonna do X, Y, and Z. Like they they have, did. they've got this following because yeah. of who they are. They're gonna do what right. they want to do. Ah oh, man, um, you need somebody who's really fucking good at faking. Yeah, and so that <laughs> loves yeah, or a low probably loves yeah, probably loves the product, but like yeah, that guy clearly thing. didn't put anything into it. It sounded like he got a little cocky almost, like took the money and run, so to speak, but. And that's not S kicks to clarify. That's a totally different. No, as yeah, it seems like he was. He's the man. He's the man. He's awesome. Um, but then I think uh, after, like, I by no means did we exhaust YouTube, but we were yeah. just trying. Like, we just some of the people weren't answering anymore, and yeah. like, just trying to work out a consistent pattern of people posting was pretty difficult. Totally. Um, and so that's when we moved into paid advertising through Facebook and Instagram. And how'd that work out comparatively? Kind of where we're at now. So it started. Decently, so we we started out building it in terms of um, building. I mean, it was our first time. It's us sitting here, and it's like we don't know. Yeah, what do you do? We're like, which button do you press? Like, what is what is this know. platform? Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen this thing in my life. Like, how how do you build an audience? What does an audience even matter? Can, yeah. can you even retarget on this thing? Yeah. Um. So we're sitting here, we're just playing with it, and our biggest scare is like not putting. We don't want to put too much money in because it's one of those things where it's like. Your money will drain if you're not careful with it. Yeah. And we don't even know what the hell we're doing. So are we setting budgets? Are we just saying we want to put $200 for a campaign? What's the difference with all that? Yeah. So it's a big learning curve at first. Yeah. And I think after a few months, I mean, we we're always over – our rate of return was always over one. Like we are always okay. sitting around like 1.8 to 1.3 rate of return. Our issue was scaling it. Yeah. So we were good. We were really good at being able to create a small audience, a yep. niche audience. Yep. Grind into it right. and get them into a little funnel system that would then say, okay, this per- we took this one person of a random audience and they engaged with our Instagram post. Yep. So now let's put something in another little funnel that they're going to be served a completely different ad yep. on the basis that they're a little bit warmer, they're more qualified. Hmm. Um, so now our objective with this is to get them to click on a product. So we have someone that completely random, now went to our website. Now we're trying to push them just to view the product. Yeah. Give them to view the product and now it's add to cart and let's give them to purchase. Hmm. So we built a funnel like that. Yeah. Um, which is very costly on the end stage of it. Yeah. It's it's not this little see it for the first time purchase. It's customers we're paying for a customer it's level one, paying for a customer here, paying for a customer here, yeah. paying for a customer here, mm-hmm. then they're purchasing. Um, and what happens is once you're trying to take that first kind of funnel of people who have never seen the product before and let's say let's throw a hundred bucks in that a day yeah it starts to get an unqualified audience right and now you're paying for it at funnel two funnel three funnel four funnel five yeah so now you're paying for it fivefold and then you start losing money right away unless that level one's extremely qualified hmm. so we were struggling in being able to scale essentially we were able to do it at a small kind of right 30 to 40 dollars a day when we wanted to start doing like hundreds of dollars a day once money started there we getting that qualified level one audience has been a challenge yeah so we brought on a so we met a guy boy. we met a guy named uh 
Philip through through Facebook. He had reached out, um, and he just he lives in Sweden, and he's I think probably like twenty two, twenty three. Um, said that he did Facebook ads and was interested in like learning about our business and if we wanted to work together. So uh, reached out to you. Yeah. So I got on the phone, and you know, it turns out that he like was studying video games or like video game programming in college. And, yeah. Uh, just Philip? dropped out to do uh, <laughs> Facebook advertising and marketing, and um, shit. So we. It's crazy. He's yeah. crazy. He's got a bunch of clients. These kids. Yeah, I mean, shit. he knows his stuff. He does well for himself. Um, I mean, it, it's been up and down with him. You know, I think that it's just uh, it's a difficult it's a difficult task to do. Hmm. Um, yeah, of course. I'm like, yeah. I mean, if it was easy, I'd want to be winning. But, yeah, I think his struggle was similar to what we saw with our first kind of our advisor is at the end of the day Chris and I know our audience the best we know how to sell to them the best that yeah. we bring someone in who's doing someone who's doing consulting someone that's selling just software services someone yeah. that's just a bunch of different things what works for these other companies whether it's e-commerce whether it's services software whatever it is software as a service yeah. um, it doesn't necessarily work with a product that goes on a few types of shoes. This yeah. isn't that it's not shoe. I mean, we do social lifts, but it's not a product that goes on every type of thing. It's not a shirt that anyone could get. And then yeah. you're just trying to find a person that wear that shirt. Right. You're finding that type of person that now owns these specific types of shoes. Right. And now wants to customize them. It's a very small kind of audience to find. And then the way you target them, the way to sell to them is the copyright you use, how you're talking to these guys. Yeah. And like we said before, there people are relentless. If you're serving them an ad that you get the price of a shoe wrong, or you're just talking to them in a funny way, yeah, like, you're gonna get roasted out. Damn. Yeah, roasted. Our comment section on our ads are probably like the funniest. Like, there's a couple of them that have like 200 <laughs> comments long because I'll just go at kids. Like, they'll talk shit in the comments and like think just that like nobody's in. there. So, yeah. Like, you know, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna say something back to you. Yeah. And then like you know these just start to build up and like there's a couple of them where people will be like. Um, like why why would anybody um, buy this cheap sticker um, to make their like shoe look like like that or some shit? You know, like, you'll like click I mean, on the profile. Like, you'll like click on the yeah. profile. It's like some forty year old dad. Like, what are you doing? And, and it's I, always you know, forty year old dad. That, yeah. I'm like, oh, actually, our clients are typically people like your son in your photo, and a lot of times their dad purchases the product so that they have a nice father son activity to do together. I'm not sure if you had that in your household Fucking or if you guys used to. You watch it and now my comments got 35 yeah, likes yeah. and all these people are commenting clown on yeah, your mind yeah, for yeah, this yeah. guy and it's like it makes it fun so yeah. I love Facebook but hate Facebook in terms of like with Instagram you talk to someone you usually don't see what they look like. You usually don't see what they look like. Email, you have no clue who they are yeah. all of a sudden you'll get someone complain to you on Facebook about a product that mm-hmm. they messed up yep and then you see a picture of this like fifty year old guy that's just like, like dude, dude, like chill, what you, like what are you yelling at us? We know about? you got yeah. problems in your life, like man. yelling yeah. at us. Not even like not like a people. nice customer email, just like roasting us. And we're like, what do you like? What happened to you today? Yeah. I mean, I I don't like I don't mind it. I think it's funny at this point, but like yeah, we get roasted nonstop. Like, he yeah, deals with guys. guys. You guys, you guys, dish it right back. Yeah, yeah, I do all the emails. I'm like, I don't so. Yeah, like growing up, like I worked at <laughs> I worked at Nordstrom's in retail, and yeah. like I'm not sure oh, if you're familiar, but Nordstrom's yeah. the customer is always right. Like, <laughs> there is like, no question about it. Like I worked at Nordstrom's, someone would come in, buy a pair of jeans before January first, 
wear the jeans, bring them back, they'd smell like cigarette smoke, and say, I want to return them. And you're like, okay. And you just give them your money back. And like, That's you how just, you're trained. Yeah, right, like, that's yeah, what you too. do. Like, you have to do that. And, uh, and so, right. like, I've just always kind of, like, lived with that. But at the same time, like, mm-hmm. taking away from that is, like, I don't ever want to feel taken advantage of. Like, yeah. we're working our asses off. Yeah. And, like, we're putting everything we have into something and we really care about it. To have someone come and just, like, step on it like it's nothing, like, I don't want that. So, like, I, I make it a point, like, when I'm responding to emails to not send one sentence back, to explain who we are, to explain that there's a person behind this yeah. and that they're acting out of line most of the time. You're good and at making people realize... when, And it's usually those people are people that are being overly aggressive for no reason. And I'd say... 99.999% of the time the communication ends with them thanking you yeah just being like really? thanks, yeah. being like thanks so much like you right. yeah I think I've had one bad email thread in the last in, in the full two years like hmm. every I've had a lot you of bad emails you. but they've all turned into thank yous but yeah there's yeah totally only one or two that, that didn't turn out well customer service yeah thank Nordstrom's for that because a lot of people nice think when they buy like an Instagram ad you know you click on it just from my personal experience and you guys too Click on, oh, well, this is so incredibly specific to what I was talking about, maybe, or what I actually like, you know? And then, like, you go through all the steps, and you're like, well, I don't know, what the fuck actually even is this? (laughs) And then to have that real human touch. Totally. I mean, again, it's the dive bar thing. People want to know what's actually behind the fucking door there. It's, there's so many drop shippers out there, people selling products that they're getting for cheap and just pushing that yeah. shipping takes three four weeks or whatever that they don't care they're just trying to push as many products as possible right that's so against since day yeah. one how we've been yeah we've always just like we care we, we yeah. know like we we're want not, you guys like us. i mean yeah. yeah we'd love for the money to follow but at the end of the day like this is a huge learning experience for us yeah and we're we're lucky that you know we're able to monetize it and that we're able to move forward every day mm-hmm. um what's your guys roles like in the company like what's your um, job? What's your day to day? That type of stuff. So I guess like I mean, it, it obviously changes every day because yeah, it there's sounds just like, like it. there's Basically, us too, like you know, over time. It's, it's us too, and it's yeah. like everything switches. Times um, we don't have much time at all. Yeah. So right <laughs> now, I would say. Like, <laughs> I'm sure you guys yeah. yeah. <laughs> right before we start yeah. how's the YouTube <laughs> stuff going well you know yeah, well, it's gonna start tomorrow um, so right now what I've been uh, been working on is like e-commerce is. I don't know what the best way to like describe it, but it's like a giant math formula in a sense. Like there's all of these little factors that people like don't understand, like that goes into a website or into different things that happen. So like when you're served to pop up on a website and you enter your email, like you were, you were targeted on a certain page or you're on their welcome page. Right. And then once you sign up for that welcome page, you're hit with an email or you're, and you're another pop-up you're hit with an email and you create these systems Mm -hmm. and so like we've been working on uh using these different softwares to create like uh welcome so one of the things when you go to a website there's a spin wheel so there's different options on what you can win yeah and you enter your email and like right now we have like a like a 30 percent conversion on that so out of the people that come to our website like 30 percent of the people are giving us their email and signing up for this wheel and so then you break that down and you're like, wait a second, I get 30% open rates on my emails and 5% will convert. And our average and it's just, orders this. Our average orders this and you just learn this is a numbers game. Like hmm. the more people you funnel into the spin wheel, yeah. the more people I'm going to hit on the back end with these emails. Yeah. So and, should we stop uh, targeting to purchases? Should we go yeah. more to pushing people to just so, the spin wheel that will then convert them at this but, end? Yeah, yeah. So my whole focus has just been like 
figuring out these flows and these different systems that happen. So like the different stages that they'll happen at our website. Like when you sign up for a welcome series, there's a flow that goes, I think, for about a week. That's four emails. And then um, if you're on like, if you click three different product pages, you'll be served another uh, fly out or pop up that says buy two, get one free. Um, or if you're in your cart page and you go to hit the X, you'll be served another pop-up that says, like, do you want free shipping? And, and then, like, people enter their emails in these different stages, and then they're sent these email flows. So Damn. we have these different systems that then all circle around. Where are you aggregating all that data? Like, how are you reviewing um, that? The softwares have, like, pretty good databases to hold it. So okay. like, our email system, we use this software, Clavio, for email. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... It's like just you have this whole dashboard and like you have like pie charts of like all your different campaigns yeah. and then like a campaign would be like a not necessarily a one-off thing but like it would last you know maybe a day maybe a week maybe four weeks yeah um like breast cancer awareness in october is going to be like a big campaign for us right whereas flows are automatic things that just uh, have certain triggers on your website mm-hmm. so we have probably about 12 different flows that happen um the welcome series, the abandoned cart. We have like different ones for internationals. Click outs, we have yeah, exit, exit intent ones. Um, it's incredible. Certain upsells. We always say like, if we had our website built, and I guess this is with everything in life, you, you go as you, you learn as you go. Yeah. If we would have this knowledge that we have at this point <laughs> in our business when we first started yeah. with that crazy like yeah. organic growth where we didn't have to pay for shit, it was just. People are coming to our website and they want to buy it. If we had this efficient yeah. website that's capturing people yeah. and just converting in a more efficient basis, it would have been like game over. I mean, that clicking the X shit with free shipping. Yeah. I'm that guy who's going to go, oh, free yeah, shipping. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> totally. It's wild. You start seeing like, and you're just like, you know, I mean, it, it took, I mean, it took me probably about a month to like, you know, figure out all these different points and where, where they should go. Um, but, you know, now you sit back and you kind of watch the data and you're like, damn, I didn't do anything. And there's like, this flow is getting a couple hundred bucks a week. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, these things all work. And they're, it's like all then you're doing now is you're finding the right traffic to pay and send the traffic to your site. Damn. Because you know that they're going to get sucked into these cycles Build and that machine. you're going to sell them at one of those points. And that's what you hope for is you hope to build this machine that converts, that you have to do, especially with just two of us. Yeah. I'm full time doing this all, all day. Yeah. Is... You need some parts of this to be working on its own and to be efficient on its own. Dude, you times, have to automate. Times the hardest, like, times our resource we have like yeah. these amount. It's just yeah. And that's what you should. Chris is also all day. We have all these orders coming in. Like he's he's all day. You're cutting these stripes up. You're packing the things. Like, you have all operations and literally like, filling shit. fucking orders, dude. Exactly. Yeah, we've worked with. Uh, Um, We've worked with uh, a few fulfillment centers, and if you're not familiar, a lot of companies use them. A fulfillment center is like a massive warehouse that holds thousands of products that's on this like grid grid system, and they have like little forklifts and shit that go around, and like an order will come in, yeah, yeah, an order will come in, they'll drive up, they'll go to your your pallet, they'll bring it down, they'll pack your order, and they'll send it, so we'll never touch it. Like, it just, all of our stuff gets sent to the warehouse, they process the orders, they Is send that it in out. Chicago? Um, well, we were working with one that was in uh, Southside, but it was still Chicago. Yeah. And then we, then more recently, we're working with one that is based out of Florida. They all have, like, warehouses all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a disaster. Like, it is the biggest headache in the world. Like, to, to outsource your fulfillment and trust somebody else to do it right a robot. is, like... 
the worst move in the world. It's the yeah. best thing on paper ever. Yeah. You sit here and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I can get rid of all of this and yeah. just focus on building the business. Yeah. Get rid of all the labor aspect of it. Yeah. And then it's the uh, 10 times bigger edit. Right. Ah. Like uh, the I first. Feel, I felt your pain dude, right there at that. First, yeah. Uh, you got to hear this. So, the first fulfillment center that we worked with, like, so they run all of your products through this, uh, this like, scanning system. And yeah. the scanning system measures, like, the depth, the width, the height, and it's supposed to come up with the perfect package for your item, okay? <laughs> and, and, like, so, yeah, everything's all great, all computer automated. Well, if your machine's fucked up that's scanning all the products, <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. And so, these guys are just. I don't know what happened because, like, I wasn't there. But I would look at our shipments and it would be like a pair of laces went out. It weighed 14 ounces and was in a 12 by 12 box. <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, did the guy that packed this, this was like, yo, let me throw this in this big ass box. <laughs> and he went through and did it. And he That's did the it. And like, question it. You know, the difference is paying $7 in shipping or paying $24 in shipping. Jesus. And so, like, yeah. and so like we're going through this shit. I'm like, dude, burn. this doesn't add up. Like something's going wrong. How long did you even do that for? Uh, three months, and uh, and like we more mistakes than wins. Yeah, I basically figured it out, and then like where all of these points were that I figured out they were using the wrong package. <laughs> yes. That's what I figured out. Jesus. Is that all the shit was? They sent me like a big Excel sheet of all of the orders that went out and their weights and all the dimensions. And yeah, it was easy to see. Like, okay, those dimensions are not right. <laughs> um, and I think the sample set they sent me was sixty orders and. 49 of them were wrong. And, oh, so and we were like, oh my God. So okay. they ended up, re- they went through everything and like reimbursed all, all the overspend and whatnot. And they're not dealing with those emails yeah. of customers being like, yeah. what the, what the hell is this thing? Yeah. And that's a bad look for us. Like, yeah, that's just, just bad all around. But that's what fulfillment's like, how great it is. God damn. It sounds so They trick you. They trick you. As much as you can, are you perfect when it's hand done? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. I yeah. would say... Yeah, I haven't got... Most of the time, the customer is the one that orders the wrong thing. Oh. Like, like, sometimes a customer will order, like, rope laces, which are round instead of flat laces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or sometimes, like, the customer will order the wrong size stripes. Right. They have a good amount of international international presence, too. Yeah. So a lot of it's also a language barrier. Yeah, where people will mess up because they just didn't necessarily understand. Did and, you guys do... Or go ahead, Evan. Um, really quickly, just on... I feel like we were talking our product up so much before in terms of cheapish to do tiny it's not going to get hurt in the mail yeah our main issue is and you see when you look over there is that's a lot of skews we have a yeah. lot of different colors and not just that all these colors are coming in different sizes and now we have different shoes we're doing it on right so for a fulfillment center it's it's easy if you have a product that's like we we're talking about the boosted board earlier i'm just going to use it they only have yeah. two now three with a scooter yeah, three models three models so when you're at a store it's like okay this guy ordered this you're picking out of one three, out of three one of them up we have all yeah, these bins yeah, that these guys are coming up and a few hundred SKUs and they're just like, it's, there's a lot more margin for error. Compared yeah, to just, for sure. It makes a lot more sense for a bigger, bulkier, less SKUs, less variation product. Yeah, fuck. How much like research did you guys do in the beginning stages, even still now, on, you said it has to be people who wear Adidas and it has to be people that wear fucking boots. How much research did you do on an international scale and even like locally where it's people who wear Adidas? I mean, I feel like you probably had to concentrate that market like we were talking about in the beginning. What was that process like for you guys? 
mainly I feel like in terms of marketing towards them. Yeah, like geographics almost. Like you said, there's a huge following. Like, Port- yeah. where's Adidas headquarters? Uh, Portland. Portland. So there's probably a lot of people who there's like a lot, it. Um, in, well, I would say like honestly, it, it sounds a lot tougher than it is because Instagram made it easy. I was just gonna um, say that. Like, so I mean, influencers were definitely a thing. Like when we started, like yeah. that was for sure established. But like. Kind of the cost of influencers and like who was the right influencer for your brand was yeah. like more up in the air. So okay. brands were like kind of timid to work with different people. Right. And like one of the most like scariest things for a brand was like, yo, should we pay an international influencer yeah. to post a product that we sell in the US? And then can we beat customs? Can we ship it to them in time? Like, are we gonna have any problems? And so we looked at it and we're like fuck it, dude, this guy has 100,000 followers, 200,000 followers, he wants yeah. 500 bucks a month, like, pay him the money and let him post every day. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, like, 50% of our orders are international because these guys are, they have these massive Instagram accounts in Europe and nobody trusts them to advertise. So you started and at the so, top and kind yeah. of went like, okay, this guy, he's in the shoes and then you got data from that and then you just started exactly. kind of funneling So then we had our own data of when you go on Google ads or you look yeah. inside your actual demographics of data mm-hmm. and, I think from the very beginning, we always know our general audience, but then I think when we look at the data, we're like, whoa, there's some older people, but there's yeah. a lot of older, like I thought it was going to be yeah. really younger and then you're like, oh, 20 to 30 is ordering a lot and we have 30 to 40 is still a decent sized chunk. So huh. I think you're still surprised by things you see, but that's a really good point in terms of how it kind of started. I mean, it's almost similar to how people do television or just taking like, okay, I want to advertise during this show because I know this show person doing this content it's gonna fit into their kind of target yeah. audience it's yeah. us going on to Instagram saying we know people going on every day and seeing this guy's content is gonna enjoy what yeah. and you could always have them like screenshot their insights so you could see like the percentage of male versus female the age groups that follow them the regions the cities that's the female so sales this, uh, we don't we don't advertise to them they, it's just like we should it's, we probably should they buy but we're gonna start we're kind of revamping our paid we're going to be revamping our paid marketing shortly. We've been, we've just been posting. That's what's hard is like when you get to a paid advertisement, it's like efficiency matters so much that yeah. when you see yeah. campaigns that aren't performing as well as other ones, you're yeah. like, okay, screw this. I'm going to dump all my money into the winner. So we dump all our money into into men. And because of that, we're seeing yeah. heavy. All men. All, all men. I mean, I will say, I guess from my perspective, it's kind of hard to say, but when it's like if you're just doing Nike versus Adidas right those are the two biggest shoe brands in the world I feel like girls wear Adi Boos more than they're gonna wear customized Jordans true I don't know if based that, on demographic so yes. the part that I would say I'm based so on lifestyle yeah, is that like, wrong so like, yeah, yeah so here's where like where you can tie into like the attachment to a brand in a sense, the same way that an influencer can sell product. Yeah. Like how, what's the relationship between that person and a brand? Yeah. yeah so yeah. like girls yeah. love Adidas and they always wear Adidas, but it's, it's like this, um, I guess they're like, you know, this kind of community that's together mm-hmm. and I don't like, I don't even know how I would necessarily explain it, but it's more so just like this vibrant culture in a sense. Whereas Nike has this kind of like, kind of like mystic type kind of it is yeah. like you're, kind of unknown if you're not one of, if you're not one of, yeah, if you're not one of us like stay out get the fuck out and so <laughs> the girls seriously yeah so the girls that are tied to Nike and Jordan are obsessed with sneakers yeah good point because of that and the girls that love Adidas just love Adidas because it's like a brand that they can be a part of in a yeah. sense and it's more inclusive 
that's a really interesting point. Yeah, it's it's hard too because we've done a bunch of events too where um, we've customized on the spot as well for certain companies. We'll go in, okay. we'll customize people's shoes while we're at the event, mm-hmm. um, and we've seen like I remember like when girls have brought their shoes up when we were doing Sam Smith. I'm like, like this looks sick, and they loved it too. So yeah. it's it's like we know it's there. It's just like we haven't been able to hit it right yet. Yeah. Um, we also feel like um, it's kind of like, not to put like genders to it, but right now, like customizing sneakers, it definitely is more heavily focused in male. Yeah. And so there's kind of like a barrier of like a girl saying like, is it cool for me to customize yeah. my sneaker? Like, are the boys in my school going to laugh at me for it? Or yeah. like, what should I do? So, yeah, you, fuck, you're getting down into like... Yeah, so I think it's kind of just like the perception of it as well is it's a little bit harder, but totally. we've definitely we've definitely sold to, to a bunch of girls and like we use girl influencers as well. Early on when we um, had a major girl influencer who was pushing it hard, um, we had a good amount of girls bursting on our side. Yeah. We had sweet stripes around and stuff. Like it was, but unless you have those girls that are like leading the charge, making it okay, mm-hmm. like I think that they just kind of shy away. Yeah, and that's kind of with the times too right now as well. A lot of female leadership press totally. and stuff. It's, totally. You guys are. It's a really interesting time to be doing what you're doing right now because I mean you couldn't do this before social media, right? No, no mm-hmm. way. No way. No, no way. I don't know how you would You'd have to know someone at a store and try and get this into a store. Yeah, like, we, I mean, we could do the same thing, like, going to all the sneaker cons like we were doing. Yeah. But, wouldn't be I mean, you only last so long doing that stuff, and, mm-hmm. uh... That's true. It's, it's hard, like, people don't... It's a trend, in a sense. Like, you're trying to make a trend live as long as you can. Yeah. And, uh, when these events are catered to trends and your trend no longer falls within the events... Yeah. It's it's hard. So social media has made it easy to always find your place. Totally. That's fucking great line right there. That's marketing one oh one man, <laughs> seriously, the modern age. Uh-huh. So how much is like how much does stripes cost? How can people actually So order? We, so, oh, so we have a website, boostedstripes.com. Okay. Um it's pr- it's I think it's pretty well laid out once you get there. It, you get I, to, I was there today. It's a good website. Oh, yeah, well, it's nice. They're going to love it. Now so I know you're watching all my clicks, though. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Definitely enter your email. Watch what happens. Yeah, um, I'm going to, yeah. And play with it, too. You'll see. Well, yeah, there's uh, like a little drop-down where you can pick stripes or laces and like the shoe model that you have and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the stripe kits, they all sell for $15. Okay. And they come with enough pieces for whichever pair of shoes you're doing. Okay. Um, Which makes it easier for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, right. And then we sell laces as well and all the laces are between 5 and $8. Okay. Um, some of them are matching the stripes. Some yeah. Of them aren't. Buy more than one set, we'll hook you up with a discount. Yeah. Oh. If you're in Chicago, we'll deliver it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris writes buying a bivvy. So <laughs> get, my, get my bird. <laughs> on your bird, yeah, but only West of Halstead. Small Yeah. That's awesome. What, what do you think is next for you guys? I mean, it's about to be 2020. This shit's still continuing We're for you. in mystery mode. Yeah, I guess yeah, like yeah. a lot of it's in, in mystery mode. Um, we have a lot of different paths that we want to go in. Um, it's going to see how the next month kind of plays out, and then we're going to pick one of those yeah. three main yeah. paths. We've been, we've been conversing with Adidas, and that's been the only reason that we haven't moved on to more shoe brands. I was going to um, say, yeah, if you had Plan B project, yeah, so mm-hmm. you can reveal. Yeah, I mean, probably, I mean you guys are fucking out. You got Plan B, We C, definitely want to move into, like, all shoe brands to see, like, if we can actually reach, like, true scale. Right. Um, Everyone's biggest thing is they see our shoes. 
do this model, do this model, yeah. go to Jordans, right. do their force, like just give me, give me yeah. it on a different shoe. And right. Like, just from the beginning, like I always wanted to work with Adidas, like doing the custom shoes, like um, with Dylan and Jesus, like we would talk yeah. with Nike yeah. and Nike is just like Vicious. conniving in a way. They just want to know what you're doing. They want to know how you're talking to these athletes and they take the athletes from you. Like certain athletes we were working with, they would tell them not to work with us. And so right from the beginning, I was like, fuck Nike. I in no way want to add value to their brand. Damn. And uh, and so we were like, let's shoot at Adidas. Like, they have this whole mantra here to create. Like, we can fit it. We can do it. And we, like, um, fit with, like, I like, yeah. like working with all the people. We're, like, we fit in well with the people we're working with. It's all genuine. Nothing of this is forced when we're talking to people. It's, yeah. like, we fit in well with everyone we're working yeah. with. We want to do good with them. They want to do good with us. But since we're, I, I hope we're, we're nearing what our goal was in the beginning... Um, with Adidas after that happens it's kind of like let's open the floodgates and see if we get Nike Jordan and uh, what happens and it depends on kind of that discussion like Chris yeah. just said how what direction we go dude that would be amazing I gotta say I wanna acknowledge you guys from you know fucking knowing you guys eight years ago wow. living in the fucking frat house at IU and here we all are doing an it's interview awesome. it's, it's yeah, really right? special man you guys are fucking killing it it's That's super unique what you're doing, and I'm so glad that we got to do this and hear you guys' fucking story. I knew it was sweatshop style, like how yeah. hard you guys are working, because Chris is telling me about it, and when he said that you were involved, I was like, fuck, yeah, dude, like, oh, yeah. got a little bit of the business there, because you were in Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always remember in the, <laughs> you walking just back, studying. Kelly, always studying, just yeah. Studying. I'm a telecom major, fucking going out. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-game? <laughs> yeah, man, but congratulations to you guys. Thanks, I'm excited man. to see what happens. Well. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been awesome.